Okay, hi everybody. This is Kelly from The Truth In Story, and tonight I am very excited because we have uh, Miss Lou with us. Uh, now, she has a YouTube channel, which I'm going to allow her to give the name of because she had it as one thing, which was, was it Enchanted? parlor yes it was yeah so that's how i know her and i was just telling her when we said hi she's one of the earlier people that i started watching on youtube um but she has changed her name which always throws me off except for she kept her icon so it makes it recognizable but what did you change it to i changed it to wild intuitive teacher creative healer so just think which and uh, think wild intuitive and you'll find me Yes, which is, and I will put a, uh, I will put that out in the comments of the podcast. Now, it doesn't allow us to link, but it, you know, you'll be able to search that in YouTube and be able to find it if you don't already follow her channel. If you don't, please do search for her and find her um, and do that. Um, but you'll be able to find that in the podcast. So what made you decide, oh, first, let's start with when, how long have you been making videos on YouTube? I think I started in January of 2013. So I guess that's about three years. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I knew it was before I had. I've only been doing it for a little over a year. And I know I know, I had found you fairly early on. So I knew it was longer than that. So what made you decide to change your name then after three years? Well, it's, the name has sort of been an evolving process. I started with a blog called the Neo-Victorian Parlor. And I started with that back in 2010. Uh, started blogging and it was kind of about steampunk and about Victorian things like hilarious, you know, Victorian things like the woolen, you know, swimsuits that they wore and stuff like that. Uh -huh. And then from there, um, I changed the name of that blog to the Enchanted Parlor because I started branching off into more like just fashion, like goth fashion and into more like spiritual things. And then it was at that point that I decided to start a YouTube channel. So I named the YouTube channel the same thing, The Enchanted mm, Parlor. Makes sense. And then as that went along, I really felt like I needed a name change because I felt like that name didn't really suit what I was doing. I had started off talking more about sort of um, the gothic lifestyle and subculture. And, you know, I am, of course, you know, I'm interested in that, but it became more, I began to talk more and more about things like tarot and um, my spirituality, which is, you know, um, a goddess-centered spirituality. And that name just didn't seem to suit me anymore. And mm -hmm. I was thinking of, you know, what am I going to change this to that's going to reflect more what I'm doing right now. And what has sort of inspired it was there's, you might have seen it on Pinterest or Tumblr or just even making the rounds of Instagram, there's a t-shirt that says witch and it says woman in total control of herself. Yes, I have seen that. And I think it's very clever and it's very cute. But I thought, you know, if I was going to make a um, something that that would define witch using those letters, mm -hmm. what would it be? And then I thought about it and I was like, that's, you know, I when I came up with it, I thought, well, wild, because, you know, um, when you claim the word witch, what you're really saying is that you are owning your own spirituality. Mm -hmm. And it also reflects the connection you have with nature. And then, of course, intuitive, because, you know, right. read tarot cards and all that, and then teaching and healing and also being creative. So I thought that would fit it. It's a bit of a long name, but um, no, I'm, works, I'm working so. with it right now. <laughs> 
It really works well. I, I, I agree with you because I will say that even with, I never quite under, you know, I just figured Enchanter Pot, you know, you had some reason for using it, but it didn't ever really, to me, define your channel in any yeah. way. So I do agree. I think that the new name uh, definitely defines your channel or, or gives that, you know, when you see that, you get a very clear idea of what you're going to be hearing from the channel, which I think is always a good thing. Yeah, I, I hope so. And I hope that way people look at it, know kind of what, um, you know, what they can expect from the channel. And I try, I'm trying to divide it up like with sort of themes for different days. And not that I make a video every mm -hmm. day, but just, you know, Thursdays doing some tarot, you know, if I'm filming on Thursdays and um, on Wednesdays, I do Witchy Wednesday where I'm doing the YouTube Pagan Challenge yes, where there's I'm a so question of the week. on all over YouTube. That is Whoever put that together, I think, did a fantastic thing because it has opened up some such interesting dialogue. Oh, it has. It was um, Annika Garrett who has the channel The mm, Secreta yes, Priestess. I, I didn't know that she had actually started it. Yes, she did. And I, I think it's amazing. Yeah, I need, we need to try to talk her into getting on the channel sometimes. Yeah. I love her channel. And I, I don't now. I assume since you use the word witch that you actually identify as a witch. Yes, I do. Um, I have been practicing, you know, I started with practicing Wicca probably about 22 years ago. Mm. And um, I find, you know, of my, my, my personal spirituality um, is, is still very, very much Wicca based. But I feel that claiming the word witch is important because mm -hmm. I feel like it's taking some of that feminine power back. Um, and I feel like it's not a word we should have to apologize for mm -hmm. um, because I find a lot of people sort of water it down with like, oh, no, it's Wicca. It's not witchcraft. No, it, it's witchcraft. <laughs> it and, witchcraft right? <laughs> and it's claiming the positive aspect of that because it's been really maligned over the years. And so I feel like it's taking it back and reclaiming it in a positive fashion. Yeah, which I think is really empowering because I've seen over just over the years of watching YouTube channels, um, because a lot of times I, I don't identify as a witch, but I have studied Wicca for a long time when I was first studying things. So I feel like lines are very blurry you know yes. when you, when I think anytime you're in somewhat of a pagan um, uh, ideology those lines become very blurry but it's been interesting so I watch a lot of channels that are you know proclaimed self-proclaimed witches and that that dialogue has come up more than once over the years of that idea of you know is witch a negative word or, mm -hmm. or is it a word that we we use to claim and I personally think it's a very powerful word and I, th I think whenever we reclaim words that always is it's an amazing process I agree. And I think, you know, it's up to the individual. Some people don't think of themselves that way. And mm -hmm. that's fine. I would never tell someone they have to right. use that word. Um, some, some people, people want to just, just define themselves in different ways, even yeah. though technically, if you want to go down a checklist, they may fit all of the categories yes. to be a witch. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think the power is that we have the right to define ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so however that may be, you know, it's Yeah, invalid. exactly. Exactly. I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, spirituality is such a personal thing. Mm -hmm. It's I think it's wrong to sort of impose on people and tell them what they should and shouldn't call themselves. Yeah, but yeah. but you obviously have. Have you been like comfortably um, out of the broom closet, as they like to say, in terms of using the word witch, or is that relatively new for you? Um, I've I'm pretty comfortable with it. I came from a background where I was raised in a very sort of conservative Catholic uh, family. Mm -hmm. um, I'm one 
one of six children and I went to Catholic school. Um, and so very, cons- but very conservative Catholicism because Catholicism is yes. like a very broad, you yeah, know, people forget that. <laughs> yeah. Even it's, in you Christianity, know, you have a, a <laughs> yes. <big> spectrum. <laughs> yeah. And even within Catholicism, there's a giant yes. spectrum, but definitely I would say my parents are more towards the conservative end of things. And, um, I, it never sat right for me. I mean, there were certainly aspects of it that, um, that I loved and that, you know, I, I think whatever tradition you grew up with has something to teach you, even mm-hmm. if you don't continue in it. I agree. Um, but it was, I always knew that it wasn't for me. And I think the first thing, uh, that made me realize that was when I was about five, I remember, um, being told that animals don't have souls. And Mm. even at five, there was no convincing me of that. I was like, no, you're wrong. They do. Um, And from then on, I just continued to find things where I was like, no, that's that's not right. Or it doesn't speak to my truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as I got older um, and I started reading more about um, women's sort of self-empowerment books and and I stumbled upon goddess spirituality and then from there started to learn more about uh, Wicca and paganism, I was like, yes, this is what I think. It was sort of that, you know, people describe it as a feeling of coming home Mm -hmm. and that was definitely a feeling I had like, this is what I've always thought and somebody's Somebody's written it in a book. giving a voice to what I've been thinking. Yeah, exactly. So it was finding that and then from there, you know, you you start, you read with different authors and you kind of pick out... um, I think for everyone, you know, there's things you find that work for you and others don't, and you end up yes. discarding them. I would them. say even yeah. in Wicca, is there various, there's still probably some oh. fluidness. Yes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think that the, the word witch I find empowering because you don't have to kind of stay in the Wicca box. Mm-hmm. You can explore other things. You can incorporate aspects of like Buddhism, other things that, that speak to your spirituality. Yeah, I, I've noticed, it seems to me there's a great, which I think is fantastic, there seems to be a lot of, I think that people that kind of call themselves, I would guess, like an eclectic witch, I consider myself an eclectic pagan, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I think anything outside of Christianity is kind of lumped into the pagan category. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, the idea of being able, because we do live in a day and age where we have access to so much information and so much uh, exposure to different cultures and beliefs that, you know, finding what resonates and, and taking that and, you know, I think respectfully uh, yeah. using that, I think is really powerful. I agree. And I think that's one of the wonderful things about the age that we live in. I always joke that I'm glad I was born when I was because I didn't have to grow up with the negative side of social media and technology. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, our teenagehood's mistakes and things aren't recorded for everyone to see later. Um, But I'm young enough to sort of enjoy the social media and and the Internet and all this information that's become readily available to us. Yeah, it's it's definitely I think changed the face of a lot of things. So yes. did it did do your family? I mean, I assume that your family are aware of your religious beliefs now, and how is that? Um, yes, I mean, at first, I think they must have thought it was some kind of either rebellion phase. or faith <laughs> of some kind. Um, but at that point, you know, I I had moved out fairly young, and so at that point, you know, what I was doing spiritually. Uh. They didn't really have much of a say in any way. But I never hid it from them. And now they just kind of accept it that that's what it is. And, you know, um, I would say my dad is far more religious than my mom. um, But he just doesn't really talk about it, although he might make the odd joke at me. Mm -hmm. Um, And my mom is more like, you know, as long as you're a good person, then 
what religion you have right. isn't really, you know, um, it seems to be more harassed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there, I've been pretty open with family. And, you know, I think where I live too, like living in, um, you know, a, a, a city and not, you know, um, in an isolated kind mm -hmm. of community, um, you're free to pick and choose who you hang out with. Um, and so people don't, you know, it's not one of those things, people don't really care what your religion is. And if they do, it's more of a curiosity than anything else. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I do find that that question, it seems like when you're in larger cities, the question of your religion doesn't even seem to be as relevant. I know. Um, whereas in a more rural area, it's definitely a topic that will come up relatively quickly. Yes, yes. Because I um, I grew up in um, a rural, like in a, a small town. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say that that is more of an issue in a small town. Mm -hmm. um, and I wouldn't say it's like a huge issue where I grew up, but most people were either... They were the Catholic, uh, most in name only, or, um, you know, we had a few Mennonites. I don't know if, um, I don't know if uh, your audience is familiar with that because there's a fair amount of them here in Manitoba, but mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know that there's large communities yes, elsewhere. Yes, we do, we do have a large okay. communities here. Okay, um, good to know. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, I didn't know because I know yeah. there's some in Manitoba, but I didn't know where else they were. Um, but, you know, again, they kind of would it, there's variations amongst them too. There's really old-fashioned ones, and then there's ones that are just in name only. Right. And so, in a small town, you're more aware of who is what. Mm -hmm. um, but in the city, you know, unless you're actually bringing up that conversation, most people don't know, and they probably don't care really. Right now, would you yeah. say because you are like you, as you mentioned, and obviously people aren't seeing you, but go take a look at our YouTube channel. It's pretty clear. I mean, and you even have a, a really interesting video out. Like you do kind of mesh a fashion with your belief system. You know, that's all part and parcel of who you are. And so you obviously are quite gothic. You know, you're, you're, um, you would stand out. It's certainly in a rural town. Um, so I would think that for you, though, the questions of your religion may come up more. Do you find that with the way that you, you know, dress? Does that bring that up more often? Often for you? Um, I think it does because I would say like the way I dress, like you said, is fairly gothic and there's this newer si style called strega, which mm -hmm. is the Italian word for witch. Yeah, which is the Italian word for witch. And it, it does, you know, there's some controversy around the word, but basically you're dressing in a witchy way. I mean, whatever witch mm -hmm. means to you. So some people that's more Stevie Nicks-ish and for other people it might be more like um, uh, American Horror Story Coven right. sort of inspired. But whatever makes you feel witchy. I mean, you don't have to be a witch to dress that way. It's just a style. It is a style but, trend. Yeah, um, but I would say, you know, it does come up not a lot, but I think that the people I'm around know me. Like, um, you know, at my work, people know me, know who I am. Um, and then I also do, um, on Sundays, I do readings at a local metaphysical shop. And I mean, if you're in there, right. you probably that, like that really shouldn't anyway. be much of a question then. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and uh, other than that, I mean, if you're commuting, you know, strangers don't usually ask me uh, about hey, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you know, um, so it doesn't come up a lot, but I think it's fairly obvious if you look at me mm -hmm. that I might be into some weird things, you know? <laughs> I agree. I, in a good way. I, I mean, yeah, I in a good way. Yeah, in, in a, a good, good way. way. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Now, have you always been, and you said you were originally, so your original blog, you were said mm -hmm. it was about kind of steampunk and have, yeah. can we just pause for a moment? Have you read the Parasol Protectorate? I've started reading it. <laughs> 
you couldn't finish it? Well, no, you know what? I got halfway through and it was, it's a, it's, it's nice, but it's a bit silly. It is. It is and, definitely silly. And I got distracted by other books, which happens to it, me, me, you too. know, a lot. I have many books that are in halfway state <laughs> yeah. because I get, but it's one of those fun, you know, I'm the kind of reader that reads a lot of, let's say, more academic or intellectually based books and I'll read mm -hmm. a bunch of them at once and then my brain is like stuffed yes. and then I have to read something fun that just like, yes. like clears your brain and yes. that's that series of books for me I think I found those when I was in school I have a degree in literature so it was like massive like reading of, mm -hmm. of heavy books and then I was like summer would come and it's like oh I've just got to read you know something yeah, yeah. and I just love those books they they just give me the giggles but it's definitely close to the romance novel genre yes, yes. well you know what I uh, I might pick it up again because like for summer for holidays I wanted some like fun and light reading like not disturbing just fun mm -hmm. light sort of fiction and there's that and then I also picked up I don't know if you have the show in the states there's a Canadian show called Murdoch Mysteries yes well okay. I don't know you know anymore because I don't actually everything I watch for TV is like online or something yeah. it's hard yeah. to tell where things come from but I have heard of that before okay so I picked up a couple I didn't realize like it's it's a series here um, but I didn't realize it was a book first and then somebody told me oh there's Murdoch books in the you know in this local bookstore so I went and I found it and I realized that it was books first and then later the there was a movie and then there was the tv shows so I'm gonna I, and it looks like light reading so I think I'm gonna find my way through there yeah. yeah we gotta have that summer reading that's I'm yeah. reading the Iron Druid series right now for my because yeah. I, I had a burst of reading and rereading books on Toth as mm -hmm. well as Marseille, you know, reading Marseille style yeah. and then into the geomancy, like all in like in a row. It just was like, bam, 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 bam. And so then my brain was just like, oh, that's intense. That's intense. Like, especially like the, the Toth deck stuff. <laughs> That's intense stuff. It is. It's a lot into the brain. And so I was just like, okay, I need something fun. And so one of my viewers, I think it was Brenda, she had said, oh, you've got to try the Iron Druid uh, series. So I just finished actually today while I was working. I finished the second one in that series. I'll have to check fun. it out because I do, oh, I do like fantasy stuff too. So I'll have yeah. to. I'll have it's to definitely fun. I'm, not, I'm okay. doing the Audible, and it's pretty funny because um, because when I my my bill paying job is a lot of mindless uh, work, like moving pictures around and product yeah. pictures and things. So I don't have to really think, so I can listen to audiobooks while I do that. Nice. Um, but yeah, he, it's pretty funny because in the books, uh, it's it's a druid who is you know it's modern times, but it's a druid that's lived for like I don't know two or three thousand years, <laughs> and um, so you get a lot of the. Uh, Irish mythology because he was originally Irish so all the Twasadi Dannon are in there mm -hmm. and you have all the kind of Celtic gods and goddesses running oh, around awesome. causing trouble and <laughs> that's awesome I should totally check that out because yeah. I mean I, I definitely like I love Celtic things so yeah I'm gonna it, check that out it's fun you, you definitely have to come at it with like it doesn't take itself too seriously but then okay. there are it doesn't I feel you know I have a pretty good base of, of Celtic mythology mm -hmm. and I feel like he does a pretty good job um, sticking with it but he definitely it's the, the author definitely um is coming at it with a uh, tongue-in-cheek and he has a dog companion uh that speaks to him and so of course in the audio you can't do that well in an audio 
No. <laughs> so no matter what it comes, I think it would actually do much better in on a, on a book form than that. Yeah. yeah. But after a little while, you kind of get over it and just kind of giggle at it. <laughs> well, I can imagine like if somebody said make a dog voice, they'd make like a total silly voice. Like, they do. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, no matter what, it just, he kind of does this really weird thing with his voice. And you're kind of like, oh, just, just say the lines. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. That's uh, awesome. But I do. I'm, I'm a big fan of audiobooks just well, because I, I have insomnia, so it's great to lay in bed and listen to them. Um, so we totally got off topic, but okay. I had to ask you that because you did say that about steampunk. Do yes. you have any favorite steampunk books? Because I love the steampunk genre. You know what? I, um, I Like I said, I started with the Parasol Protectorate, and then I, I kind of got sidetracked. And what I find is um, I actually like some of the books just – not so much the stories, but there I have some books that are, there's like the Steampunk Bible, mm. um, and there is, actually I have a couple right here. Oh, I'm making noise and dropping That's things. Okay. The Steampunk Gazette, um, and they kind of talk about like um, how to how to make different things, and I love looking the at the pictures. The costuming is so yeah. amazing with Steampunk. <laughs> there's the costuming, there's the people who modify things that make their computers look like Steampunk. Uh that modify motorbikes like I'm more into that like I'm into the visuals of it right. uh, more than anything and I'm actually um there's a book called steampunk fashion um and I'm actually in it oh and that it's, is awesome yeah it's international steampunk fashion and a friend of mine was um she was going to do posing for it she's like a alternative model and she said, well, why don't you like it? Why don't you come and come to the shoots? I'm like, okay. So um, I came not really expecting anything out of it, right? right. And then um, and then she's like, oh, we got in the book. And so I'm in this book. Oh. Um, yeah, so that's kind of cool. That's like, really in, neat. Now, was yeah. it where they, like, had the costuming and everything for you to... No, I, I brought my brought own stuff. Own. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I kind of um, look more kind of burlesque-y, uh, steampunky, because I've got like the corset and the tiny right. top hat and the and the little skirt, you know, kind of thing. But that's the beauty of steampunk. You can For be sure. all over the place with it. You can look very Victorian in the full ground. You can kind of go more the aviator style. Uh, you can, you know, you can yeah. really just do all sorts of things with it. You really can. I, I yeah. think the first book that I ever read with steampunk was oh what is her name is china i want to say melville or something something along it's not it's spelt differently but it looks okay. like it might be melville the perdido perdido street station or something like that that was the first book that i had read on i had heard that one yeah yeah i've heard that's i think that's pretty clear although they even put i think they even put like the i don't know if you've read philip pullman's the golden compass yes um, i love that yeah they kind of i don't i'm not entirely sure why they put that in steampunk genre but that does show up in steampunk yeah um, well you know this. if you put that in steampunk i would probably say that is my favorite for sure mm -hmm. i read the series and i loved it um, there's also like a, like a music genre. Um, uh -huh. There's bands like Abney Park and Dresden Dolls, and they um, I love that stuff because it's it's so quirky. Um, and then there's Voltaire as well that really kind of have this very joyful blend of sort of this Victorian you know uh, reimagining of modern music in a lot of ways. Which is, it's it's fascinating because so if just in case uh, as we have already rattled on but just in case for listeners what for at least in my opinion what steampunk is really about is it's where you're taking historically the Victorian era but it's as if 
uh, there's like a side, it's kind of gone off on a side uh, timeline in which there is steam um, and power. And so you get a lot of gear work, you get a lot of clockwork, you get like um, dirigibles, which I love dirige. I just like the word yeah. dirigible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good word. <laughs> it's a good word. So you have, it's sort of an alternative timeline to the Victorian. Um, but that's interesting to see that it's gone, you know, it's, it's not, it's not just a book thing. It's also a, I think that they say that the very first, they consider the first uh, steampunk novel to have been actually, um, Oh, The Time Machine by H.G. Wells. Yeah. Yeah, H.G. Wells and Jules Verne are really sort yeah. of the, the basis of it. And they were reimagining a future. Um, and, you know, it's interesting to kind of see that some of the things they thought about in some ways became reality. I know. It just amazes yeah. me when you see those kinds of, when you can go back, as, like like The Time Machine. I mean, that was, that was pretty amazing when you think about the time period where right now for us to imagine a time machine isn't that far-fetched I mean yes, yeah. it's still science fiction but we have some crazy technology that could that could get your brain kind of going off there but when yeah. you think about during a time in which there wasn't a lot of technology and yet to be able to imagine that to such detail and then imagine what you might find going through time I think that's that's quite an incredible mind. Yeah. And, you know, can I just say that I can't believe I didn't get it before, but it was just a few months ago that I bought the steampunk tarot. <laughs> Did you? Yes. I'm horrible because I bought it and then I traded it. I oh. love it, but I never used it. I'm kind of going through this thing where I realized I have so many decks. I was like, I like to all my decks to have like a job, like yes. something that they do. I have because a hard I don't want to decks that just sit around and aren't doing yes. anything. It yes. really bothers me, which is ridiculous, but it does. So I counted up my decks and I realized, like, just my tarot. I, I and um, I thought, how am I going to make sure I use them all so they all get used, they all get loved? And I kind of realized, like, why don't you just, you know, have a deck that you work with every month and just kind of cycle through them? Because I have yeah. enough for. Um, and there's some on my wish list too, of course, of course, that if I get those, I'll probably have enough to cycle around one a month for like two years, <laughs> which, <laughs> now, which now is fine. I say that you, I, one of the things I enjoy about your channel is that you do seem to, uh, with thought, um, kind of choose decks that you're going to work with for the next period of time is it always a month is that what you kind of do with us of a, of a yeah month? i was doing two months and then i kind of realized with the volume of uh <laughs> tarot I collected, to pick up the pace. <laughs> yes i need to pick up the pace <laughs> so this month i decided like june um i'm working with an old favorite the shadowscapes mm, uh, one second deck yeah yeah, it's um cuz it's one where I feel like the fairy energy is really oh, strong with that one. This, yeah. Yeah, and this time of year, I always think like at least northern hemisphere wise, right now with summer solstice and everything coming yeah. up. It's a very fairy fae time of year and I kind of want to like connect with that energy. So that's your tarot. Now, so then you pick a tarot, do you also stick with one oracle deck? Yeah, I try to stick with one. Right now I'm working with um Nature's Whispers by I've Josephine heard Wall. I've good things about yeah. that deck. That art, like her art is just, it's, it's amazing. And, um, I'm, 
always impressed with like the details in it and the color usage and just all the imagery that she puts into yeah. to each picture is just it's astounding it is amazing i know there's she has lots of like puzzles i think and calendars and yeah things yeah, yeah she definitely does a lot with her artwork justifiably so it's stunning work yeah so do you do pretty good at sticking with like when you decide um do you just literally you just use those two decks you know what it yes i do like i'll um because i i pull a card um i have a deck that i use every morning um for pulling a, a morning card for the day but what i do with the tarot one is in the evening when i come home i'll pull one just for like what do i need to know kind of for the evening mm -hmm. um and then i also use that deck if i'm reading cards for me and then also of course with my with clients and things i'll be like so you this do is stick a deck. with that one yeah. deck even with yeah. clients then wow. yeah yeah and um, even, you know, I think that if I felt really compelled, like this client needs this mm -hmm. one, I would switch. But generally speaking, like, especially when I go to the shop, I just, I take, You're just um, taking that with you. Yeah, I'll take that one. I usually take um, a tarot, a Lenormand, an angel deck, and then the oracle deck. Mm -hmm. And so I'm using those four in the reading. And, you know, it actually, you had kind of inspired me to mix the Lenormand with the tarot. I love it. I think it works really well. It's together. amazing. I have to give you like kudos for that because it has like, really added this other layer to my readings. So thank you so much You're for that. You're very welcome. <laughs> I am glad to pass that on because I think that a lot of people really separate cardamancy. What I think of as cardamancy, which would be Lenormand and Kipper and yeah. you know, Gypsy Fortune cards and those kinds of things, or just playing cards. It's kind of like it has this when I got into it, it always, it almost seemed to be like the stepchildren over here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like there's tarot and then there's these other things over yeah. here where I think that they actually have very different voices. And so you can, it, it pulls extra things out of a reading when you incorporate them together. Yeah, I agree. And I find that it gives more details about the sort of mundane day-to-day -day mm -hmm. things. Yeah, because um, we might need to know these psychological yeah. things, but sometimes people just want, you know, some yeah. answers to, to quick little things. And yeah, like, is am I going to get a job soon? Yeah. You know, is there something coming for me in the mail? I mean, you can use tarot for that, but I think that it, I think that cardamancy is much more designed for those types of kind of let's get into the nitty gritty of things. Yeah, I feel like they're kind of like, you know, on a test, there was the short answers and then there were the essay answers and tarot's like the essay answer and Lenormand's like the short answer. Yeah. I know it's very I always say you know because people obviously ask a lot like what's the difference between Oracle and Tarot and Lenormand and I for me it's that okay Tarot is that person that friend of yours who's like the psychologist come and talk to me mm -hmm. let's talk this all through <laughs> you know we're gonna, yeah we're gonna kind of go work through this psychologically and fig dig deep what's going on Oracle to me is like going to a seer like that's like that going and consulting the Oracle and you kind yes. of get that it's also a lot of times in today it, with types of Oracle decks that are a very affirmation style it's kind of that also that one that's going to give you the hug and say you can do this you know yeah. you've got everything you need it's that kind of thing whereas then Lenormand's like okay look sit down <laughs> you know we're, we're going to work through this because you're really mucking things up here and now let's figure out how we're going to unmuck it you know very very blunt and let's get stuff done yeah see the Lenorm is like your tough aunt that's really? like listen honey yes. like get your shit together it really Sco is oh, pardon my language 
Oh, no, I just love it. I think it's fantastic. Well, clearly, anybody who watches my channel knows I love anything to do with divination. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and, they do, they work really well together, I Oh, think. they do, they do. And, you know, like, I have, um, like, I, I tend to use those with readings with clients, and then, you know, I, I kind of give the angel cards are kind of like that that pat on the back, mm -hmm. like that little hug that says, you know, here's here's some gifts you have, or here's, you know, yeah. there's some people watching, or it's it's that real kind of pat on the back, and sometimes important. people need that. Yeah, I agree, because, yeah. you know, that comes up a lot. Um, same thing with, you know, I'm not a huge fan of affirmation decks, uh, just because I do like a little bit of shadow. Mm -hmm. However, I do like to own some because there are times, you know, people, let's be honest, we're, we're tarot readers. People don't come to us because life is wonderful. Yeah. Like, they really don't. I mean, yes, occasionally I have people who come and say, okay, you know, things are fantastic and I want to see like what direction I need to go in or, you know, whatever. I'm taking my spiritual journey in a new way. But most of the time it's because things are difficult. Mm -hmm. And so if we're going to sit there and do this difficult work, I do think that, you know, kind of bringing in that hug energy at the end of that is important to give you a little bit of a boost like I think yeah. it has its place oh, I sure. think so too and I think that you know usually what I do is I'll read the Taron Lenormand first yeah. and then I will pull they'll get them to pull a couple oracle and then I'll get, I'll get them to pull a couple of angel cards and I find that they often confirm what's already been said mm -hmm. in the reading but also give you that little positive boost like here's something you can do or you can think about it in this new way that makes them feel good because it's all about empowering people exactly. to give them choices Exactly. I say that at the beginning of all of my readings that I do, that, you know, this is a t reading, getting a tarot reading or an oracle reading or a Lenormand reading. It's not about taking away somebody's choices. It's about giving them information to make choices, like to help them to, but the, the power of the choices in them. And so if you can leave them feeling empowered to do that, that's only a benefit, oh, uh, yeah. in my opinion. So, yeah, I just, I, I'm glad that you, so do you pick just one Lenormand deck too, or is that one not as, as, as that one, like, I only have right now uh, three Lenormand decks. Isn't that like me where you have 25 <laughs> Lenormand decks? It may start, though, because uh. I already have a list. Um, I started with the Gilded Lenormand, mm -hmm. um, and I, was, you know, just love that deck. It's, it's now my purse Lenormand deck. Do you have purse decks? You know, I don't read cause, because I read all from my house. So I yeah. don't do, I really don't. I have the ones that I would say to myself that I would take, which for yeah. me would probably be the Centennial because I have the Centennial uh, Rider Waite Smith in a tin. And then I have the Pixies Lenormand in a tin. Mm -hmm. So I would probably throw those two because I would, I would not be worried about them being banged up <laughs> yeah well I have I put them in there and it's like I don't I have um the radiant rider weight in a tin that's mm -hmm. in my purse and then I have the gilded Lenormand because um, nice and not that too. I really use them in professional readings but just sometimes you're on the go and you're like I need to know about this yeah. and you <laughs> need to pull a card yeah I've got it so that's that's my purse one now and then I got the Celtic Lenormand Which and I actually love. that's your fault yeah um, <laughs> I, I will own that because it's well worth people get it's totally it. worth it and I left the extra cards in. Did you see? Now, I have not. I mean, I have. There are times in which I put it. When I'm going to use that deck 
for, for people listening, the Celtic Lenormand is a Lenormand deck and it has a core 36 card Lenormand deck, but it has extra cards that starts to shift it more towards Oracle, um, which I love. Um, and I use, uh, there's also a misnomer that you can't use Lenormand for deep psychological spiritual things. You can. I do many readings that are straight up Lenormand that you can read very much, uh, very deeply. Um, but um, that deck in particular, I think, does it very well. And so there are times like like uh, big full moons or, you know, if there's some, you know, blood moon or some great mm-hmm. moon that's out there, I will pull all those in and use it because I think it's fantastic. But I don't as a norm on a regular basis. But you pretty much just keep them in. Yeah, I keep them in. And what I do is I, I kind of give them slightly different meanings. Mm-hmm. Like the there's the two snakes. Right. And um, so this, there's one snake that's shedding his skin. Mm-hmm. And that's I use one that one as being like healing and transformation. And then the other snake is more the, the deception one. Which that's yeah. a good, that's a good, uh, you know, that's a good way of thinking of it. Because that does allow both those energies in. Yeah. And then there's the three bird cards. Right. So the, the chickens I use more as like gossip. Um, the owls is wisdom, like you're getting mm-hmm. wise advice, and then the birds as as the regular birds, like communication right. and talking. That's also a good one because that's a weird card in that for me the birds generally come up as anxiety. I Ooh. have to say it comes up a lot as that chitter chatter in the mind. Yeah, um, but that kind of takes away, you know, the aspect of communication. So having more than one in there would allow again to have both energies. Now I think that originally she puts the three birds in for the goddess energy and then i think there's two trees for the two faces of the god yes yeah if i'm if i'm yeah i think i'm saying that correctly but yeah, yeah and if you go to her website or uh, her blog uh, chloe mccracken has lots of ways to kind of use all those cards in in really neat ways i should check it out i didn't even know she had that yeah, so i should totally got, check that She'll put up, I know her Facebook, on her Facebook, she'll pop up every once. It does not a whole lot, but there, but she, while she was building the deck and that kind of, so the, her blog has a quite a backlog of really neat ways of using like all the different decks, uh, all the different cards and using yeah. it in more of that pagan way. Because in that particular deck, the book, which I think is a fantastic book. Yes, um, it is. Yeah, it's got a lot of information, but it goes beyond that to sort of that pagan path. Um, and so there are like deities that are assigned to the different cards. Um, there are, I think, even um, like spells that you might use a specific card for. Like she really definitely goes into uh, pushing the boundaries of a Lenormand deck in a beautiful way. I really, you know, I do like the deck for, um, you know, it's a little more complex. But um, I, I agree with you that it kind of goes between Lenormand and Oracle. Mm-hmm. And I will do grand tableaus in it where I'll leave them all in because it's still divisive by nine. There's 45 oh, cards. Still, see, I haven't yeah. tried it, so I didn't know if it. So you could do what, like then uh, f- would be five? Wait, five, five rows of nine five is what I do. I'll have to try yeah. that sometime because I do like my grand tableaus are have I, I started with uh, four rows of nine and then I yeah. switched for a while to the kind of what people think of with the eight. Uh, by four plus the four at the bottom but I ended up shifting back to the nine it's just easier on my camera than what I'm because usually with a grand tableau almost always I'm recording them and so it's easier plus it's just what you know it's just you get comfortable with it so yeah. I have to try that just add an extra row on I started with the eight row like the the rows of eight mm-hmm. with the four with the regular Normand and then when I saw that other people were doing rows of nine I actually thought that was better. Like I kind of yeah. went to that. I switched to that one. I think it's easier. 
I, it, I find it to be easier. A lot of people don't quite know what to do with the four at the bottom um, and the four in the middle of a nine actually act, function as the four at the bottom. And I find that it splits up on, with the four rows of nine, it splits up better seasonally when I do like kind of seasonal things. So yeah, I just ended up shifting to the, the nine by four and it's... Uh, yeah. So that's good to know. I'll have to give that a try. But but for those listening, you can simply take out the 36 cards and create just a traditional um, Lenormand deck, which is generally how I, I do use it. I'm one of those people that don't add very many extra cards. And the Fountain Tarot is the only card I think that I've left an extra card in. Yeah. You know, I'm always a little conflicted about when Tarot puts in extra cards because I do like the traditional mm -hmm. 78. Um, and I heard that, I don't know if you know about the Dreams of Gaia tarot that's coming out by oh, Ray Mazzella. it, yes. Yeah. I was a little disappointed when I mm -hmm. saw that she's not really going to follow the traditional tarot. Which I've she's... heard a little bit. I thought she was just changing names and things. But when I think I saw you maybe put a comment about that and I went and looked and I was kind of like, oh, she's really changing things. Yeah. Like she's changed uh, not just the names. And I, I'm totally comfortable when people change the names mm -hmm. of something. If it still is the same energy, right. it's all fine. But she's really changed like the order of things. She's also added, um, I think, an extra court card or something. Yes, and I was I just like, oh, this is card. more like an oracle to me. Yeah. It, once you stray away from the tarot structure, you know, you can change the names or whatever, but right. if, if you're sticking within that 78 card structure, I have no problem with that. But once you start messing with that structure, I'm like, okay, now you're in the realm of oracle, right. which is fine. Just, but, but call it that. Yeah. Call it that. I'm yeah, the same I agree. Way, I'm the same way about that. I think that, like I do think even the um, Chrysalis tarot should have just been its own thing. And even now my main, what I would consider like my spiritual deck that I just use for kind of spiritual, spiritual things or ritual is a wildwood tarot and that's the same thing that is very different it's just it's 78 cards so it does stay with the structure good enough to still be a tarot deck but it does kind of go it does its own thing it pushes that boundary where i think it could just be its own thing yeah i, I had you know i've struggled a little bit i have to say with the wildwood tarot i got it and i was working with it earlier this winter like january february mm -hmm. and it because it does stray away yeah. Um, you know, even though it's got 78 cards and I, I haven't like, I've put it aside and I'm going to work with it again. And I think I have to approach it from, you know, that it's its own thing yeah, and not with the mindset with kind of that rider weight mindset, Definitely. you know? Yeah. It's one of those things. Cause I think I've heard that from a lot of people and I do think it's because it, it just, you have to come at it as this is, it's very much reminds me of like the, um, Brian Froud's fairy Oracle, which has, it's, it's very, it's a system and and you have to kind of know that. And I think that this, the Wildwood is very similar to that, is that you just have to let it be what it is. Because if you come with kind of preconceived meanings of the cards, it's just not going to work. Yeah, I agree. And I think that was my my downfall as I, I approached it with these preconceived notions. Yeah. Um, and it's then, so powerful. Uh, like, I do yes. think it's worth putting that work into. Yeah on that one so how long have you have you been always like reading tarot or is this newer for you um i started reading cards when i was 20. um i picked them up um i had always been interested in it when i was um i think i was about 10 um, an aunt had bought me this great big book with all these little bite-sized chunks of facts about history and science and all sorts of things. And there was a little article about tarot in it. Oh. And I was totally fascinated. Like it had like pictures of like the Marseille deck. Right. 
And I thought, oh, this is so neat. And the weird thing was, as a kid, I always thought there should be five suits in a deck. Really? And then I saw that and I was like, I was right. There's five suits. And then so, you know, I, I was always kind of interested in that sort of stuff. And then when I, I had, you know, was on my own, I was in a bookstore and I saw a tarot deck and I was like, I've always wanted to learn this. I'm going to learn this. Right. And it was one of those, it was, um, it was a native themed deck. And it was just one of those little U.S. games. I had the little white book in it, which is kind of useless, right. as we all know. And um, I picked it up, but that's how I started. I got that one. And then from there, the second one I got, I think, was the Mythic Tarot. Mm, and that was a lot better. That. Yeah, you hear the myth. Now, the original, I know yes. there's a second edition, but um, I hear a lot of people as first decks being uh, the Mythic Tarot. Yeah. It must have been and quite popular. It, I think it was, and I think what made it really accessible was because it was using Greek and Greek mythology, which is something I think a lot of us are at least somewhat yeah, familiar with. To, yeah, yeah, it gave it a, a framework to approach it, and from there, you know, I just started reading for friends, and uh, they thought it was fun and it was great, and you know, people, friends, and and people at university and stuff would always be like, "Hey, could you read my cards?" Mm -hmm. And you know, you just so I really got to practice on a lot of people, which was, which was fun. And then from there, you know, I started collecting decks and I would go through phases where like I collected a lot of decks in, I would say, in university. Um, and then, um, uh, you know, I, I was married for a while and um, my partner at the time wasn't, you know, he wasn't uh, terribly supportive of it. And from there, like he wasn't unsupportive, but he just also didn't get it and right. didn't think it was, you know, um, I, you know, I think that there was a point in my life where I, I was kind of you know, feeling, you know, very depressed and very down and, and going through a lot of different things where I ended up giving away a lot of my decks. Mm -hmm. um, and I never like I never stopped reading cards. But I think I went through a phase where it was less, um, less of a, a passion in my life. And I but I think that's because there was a lot of things in my life that were less of a passion. Yeah. Um, you know it's how it is. Reflect that for yeah, sure. it's gonna reflect that. And then, you know, getting out of that kind of situation and being on my own. And, you know, now I'm with like an amazing supportive partner. Um, you know, all those passions have come back. And he's really encouraged me like, you know, you have a gift and you should be doing this. And right. so I started um, doing, you know, I started with doing like parties. Um, really? You know, friends and stuff would say like, hey, I'm gonna, ha I would do these tarot parties where, you know, I'd go to people's houses and um, it would be like, okay, each guest pays this much, much and the host, you know, has their reading free, you know. Gotcha. Um, and so I started doing that and people were kind of encouraging me. And then um, from there I started, you know, I started up a little Etsy shop and then also, um, the local shop here one day, like, I, you know, I go in there all the right. time. I just said, Hey, <laughs> Putting a lot of look? money into their deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. With buying crystals and tarot decks and, you know, all that kind of lovely mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and I said, Hey, are you, are you looking for another reader? And she's like, yes, we are. And I was like, okay. And so she had me read for her and she's like, you're great. What day do you want? And I was like, awesome. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So, but yeah. was these part, I can't imagine, truthfully, I can't even imagine doing a party. Like, would you, do you go off kind of to the side or are you just like reading in front of people? Um, I usually do it in a separate room because mm. I find sometimes things come up that people don't always yeah, want an audience because that's for. that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't always know what's going to come up. Yeah. And so I would be a little bit worried that something would come up and then I'd be kind of like, oh, how do I address this? And... Yeah, I have to say once when I was younger, I had that situation come up and um, it was a, a difficult one that um, at the time I was like, I don't know how to handle this because um, 
this uh, friend of mine, she was um, she was about to get married, and she wanted me to read her cards, and you know her all these people are there, and she wants me to do it in front of them. That's okay, fine. And it pulled out, and it just showed that she was like not happy and mm-hmm. didn't want to do things, and I was like, how am I going to say right. this? You know, and so I had to like very delicately say like, oh, something's really troubling you. Like be as I had to be like so vague. And I thought, oh, God, like I don't, you know, like whereas if she was in a side room, I could have. I mean, I still would have been very gentle about it because at least said said something. (laughs) Yeah. Is there something bothering you? Something, you know, you want to talk about? Because, you know, um, I believe the choice is always in the person's hands Mm -hmm. and they have to decide what they're going to do. But I could at least said like, hey, like, is something going on that's really bothering you? Because it looks here like you're, you know, you're pretty, something's upsetting you right, right now. Whereas I, I, you know, and at the time too, I was like young and I was like, oh God, like, how am I going to handle this? You know, right. but it really taught me like, take people aside privately because yeah. you never know what's going to come up. Yeah. So then do you have a pretty standard when you're doing a party where you just do like, you know, a smaller, like a three card reading or do you just kind of go with it? Well, what I usually tell people is that they get like 15 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. and I'll do a very kind of quick Celtic cross. Yeah. You know, very quick general reading, not too long, not too much in depth. Um, and, you know, it's something I don't do parties a lot anymore. I mean, I do the odd one and it's usually for people I know because right. I'm always a little leery about I don't want to go to a stranger's I house know. kind of thing. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. So. It's usually for a friend or an acquaintance, someone I'm fairly comfortable with, is, um, you know, I'll, I'll do the, you know, the room aside and stuff, but, um, you know, that's kind of my standard kind of thing, and I, I it is draining. Like, if yeah. there's a lot of people, like, you want enough that you're going to make some money, obviously, yeah. but um, too much becomes so draining. Yeah, I would think yeah. so. And I mean, I love what I do, but you know what I mean, when you've read for 10 people in a row. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah, you're like I've had to, I, I have to balance that, like, I have to kind of you know, space my readings comfortably because you don't yeah. want to get, you know, you don't want to get to that 10th person and be like, oh, you know, then you're yeah. not really giving them you yeah. know, your full, full, full attention and energy. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. So I kind of say like five people is good. You're six people is good. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. So then and is just, it, does it work the same in working with a shop or do you have like a little side space that you... Yeah, they have like um they have a room where they have classes, um mm-hmm. and also where you can do readings. And usually they don't have classes on the Sunday, so um you know I'll go back there. There's like a table, and so they're in kind of a private space yeah. that's away from the shop and away from you know other people kind of listening in on it. Do you just generally get walk-ins with that, or people actually sign you know kind of a schedule? A bit of both. Like there are some people who will call ahead and make an appointment, but we also have walk-ins, which is actually really nice, especially now that it's summer um, and then it's not winter, as you know. And I know in Ohio too that it can get pretty cold. Yeah, people when are it's like wandering around, walking in as much as yeah. winter. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's kind of been an area with lots of little like restaurants and oh, cafes. Gotcha. So and if you've got people walking around, then yeah, they might pop yeah. in and yeah, yeah. But it's surprising. Like, I've had days where it's, like, minus 30 outside, and people have walked into the shop and said, I want a reading. You're like, okay, you must really want a reading. You really need a reading. (laughs) If you're going to go to this length, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Well, that sounds fantastic. I've never, I mean, I have read for people, uh, but they've mostly been friends and family. A couple uh, people that I didn't know. Um, but for the most part, you know, my experience professionally reading has been online. 
I've done a little bit online through Etsy. Um, you know, I, I definitely like to do more, but it seems like, you know, I think everybody has their niche mm -hmm. and mine seems to be like the, like doing the face to face. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I find, I don't know about you, but I find it easier to read for strangers than for people I know. It's different. I will say that it's very different. I in, I actually enjoy reading for people I know and as well as like, you know, you have clients that kind of come back over time because you start to build up that uh, knowledge base and you can really start to dig really yeah. deep because you do have a lot of the history um, that's involved. It's very different. It's a very different uh feel to reading for people that you know versus people that you don't. Yeah. I find with um, people that I don't know, what happens is I trust the cards more mm -hmm. and I trust my intuition That's more. True. Whereas people that I do know, and I, I love reading for them too, don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, but um, I find that my logic brain starts to yeah. interfere with like, oh, that's that, and that's that, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And I do tend to, because I'll find myself, especially with returning clients or with people that I that I know personally, I will kind of get all that knowledge stuff out at the beginning. I'll be like, okay, let's let's talk. Like this yeah. is the common, this is me, this is me, common sense talking. And if I do that, if I kind of say, okay, just based on your question and what I know of you and your situation, this is kind of what's coming up. Um, and then I'll try to go into, then I'll go into the cards. That kind of helps me to separate the two brains. <laughs> I should try that then. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it definitely, it, it, there is, I can, I can see where you're saying because there is, you do have to just go on the cards. I mean, it becomes one of those things where you have to let loose of the intellectual mind and just go with the intuitive. Yeah. And I'm learning more to trust those, um, into you ever get those strange intuitive hits where something comes into your brain it has nothing to do yeah, with nothing. what's in the cards you but you're like to trust it yeah yeah i'm just gonna throw this out there like i had a lady where i was reading for her and i said i don't know why i'm getting this but does the zoo mean anything to you and her her friend was there and her friend laughed and said nobody goes to the zoo more than she does uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i do it sometimes and i'll just i'll be honest about it i'll just be like i don't know if this is relative or not you know yeah. here it is you know do with it what you want <laughs> yeah <laughs> because i'll, I'll say least, that too what if it's important you know yeah. so you kind of want to throw it out there but then they're like uh, i'm not really sure why this is cropping <laughs> up but i'm gonna give you this <laughs> Yeah. Um, one thing too, I'm learning right now is, um, and this, I don't know, I want to talk about this on video, but it's hard to translate. Um, on like, you know, cards are is, um, I'm learning palmistry. Oh, that's so fascinating. I've looked it's, at it, but I have not, I've watched some videos and things on it, but it's not something I've seriously studied yet. You know, maybe I should watch some palmistry videos, see how other people are doing it because I'm like, you know, it's one thing to show tarot cards or show a reading, but I'm like, mm -hmm. how am I going to show this? You know, it's, there are a couple good videos out there because I've watched a few of them on YouTube. And I know I want to say Benabel Wen on her blog, she does a really good review of these Somstry learning cards. Okay. And uh, but it's quite interesting because she when she, you know, when she got the cards to review, she didn't know anything about it. So she kind of goes through. And so it's, it's, and she's uh, and if you've read it of her blog she's so thorough and so <laughs> that's a really good i would definitely recommend reading that blog but the other the cards that she had it's, it's meant to teach you um look quite interesting i thought okay if i when i get around to it that i'll probably pick those up <laughs> yeah you know i i didn't know she had a blog i should check it up 
but I have her holistic tarot, which yes. is like an amazing, amazing book. Yeah, no, she's got an amazing blog. <laughs> she's got a great blog. She's got a, uh, she does a lot, all of her reviews, uh, deck reviews are on her blog and they're very, very thorough. And, um, she also has a fantastic section on astrology, especially if you're kind of learning about astrology. She's got some amazing resources um, for that as well. Okay, but. let's check her out. Like, I um, I love astrology as well. Like, that's another thing I've been doing for a long time as well. Like, I do birth charts for people. Mm -hmm. And um, I love the interplay of astrology and tarot and how all these different systems kind of meld together. They overlap all this different, it's just, you know, different forms of just you know, tapping into things. That's what I feel like. It's all just different shorthands and, and then they layer on top of each other. Now, sometimes I, I have to say that I start to get, I'll pull out like the Wild Unknown uh, because that's got more Pip-like uh, card uh, uh, on the, Miners are more Pip-like yeah. or a Marseille deck now that I've you know gotten a Marseille deck. There's something refreshing about sort of stripping away all of those layers that get get put on over the you know hundreds of years. You've got so much that get layered on. And so sometimes it's like, okay, it's like the book palette cleansing of like, okay, let's just get down to the basics, numerology and elements. Yeah, <laughs> and I can totally appreciate that. Yeah, because I'm, I'm still I know a lot of people have been getting into pip dips lately. I've been hearing a lot mm -hmm. of talk about them. I still just can't get into pip decks. Yeah, it, it really does. But it's kind of like, uh, when you talk about getting those hits that you don't really know what to do with, in some yeah. ways, using an, a, Mar a Marseille-style deck, which is, for those of you listening, if you don't know, that is more the traditional, original tarot, which has illustrated majors, but the minors are just pips, meaning that, so if there are four swords, it's just four swords pictured on there. There's no illustration on it. And so, but what, what it does is force you to trust those hits because you don't have a picture telling you something uh, you do kind of are forced to trust your intuition trust your background knowledge of the card um, and just kind of it, it's, it's really refreshing I would I always encourage everybody to to give it a go um, just because and, and there are some that are in between like the wild unknown uh, the other one would be like the Heindel tarot um, there's another one that they're, they're pip based, but you can really feel the energy of the card, even though, because there's enough uh, stuff going on in the card to give you that energetic feel, uh, even though it's not a, a picture. I'm just looking here at, um, I picked up the Hermetic Tarot a little mm. while ago and it's kind of pipish. Like there's, yeah. you know, nine of swords has nine swords in it. There's some other symbols going on, but there's not... There's not uh, the pictures uh, that you get with Rider Waite. Yeah. yeah. And that, see, so that might be something to work with. I just find that it's a little bit freeing because sometimes uh, if, 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 let's say, I'm doing a reading for somebody and you know, the 10 of swords comes up and you do have, let's say, a, you know, usually a dead person, you know, yes. blood everywhere, swords in their back. Um, even if it's being, you know, it might be an animal, if it's it's an animal deck or that kind of thing. But it's, it's a very harsh card in, in the Rider-Waite-Smith. That's not necessarily numerologically what the 10 of swords is. The 10 of swords is a completion of a cycle of the mind. And so I find that sometimes when I'm doing a reading with somebody and a particular card comes up that has a scene on it that doesn't match what I'm getting, to, you know, by the question and by the, the reading, what I'm being, what I need to say, then I'm 
I'm excusing. I'm saying, I know what this looks like, but <laughs> um, that's really not what I need to tell you. And so it's kind of freeing to have pip decks because you really just are just kind of go with what it means and to you and you're not kind of restrained by that image. I agree because I think that sometimes the images can put people off, like especially if it's a more intense or violent mm -hmm. imagery when maybe that's not necessarily the message that's, you know, going to that person. Right. For that, right, for that particular reading, the Ten of Swords may mean something very different. Now, sometimes it does, you know, it is, a lot, it is an ending, but it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, you're not going to die. It's going to yeah. be okay. Nobody's going to stab you in the back. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's exactly. Or even good. just the energy of like, it can look very painful and it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean that ending's going to be painful. That ending could be a relief or yeah, the release of something. Necessary. Yeah. Which is what yeah. I've actually found with the Ten of Swords. The Ten of Swords, you know, I'm a swords person anyways, but the Ten of Swords to me has really come to develop for me because we develop our own personal experiential meanings with cards. And for me, it's very much about the end of something that needs to it's time has passed and it may be painful but it's necessary it's a necessary ending um which you just don't always get with some of the images <laughs> yeah yeah i agree for me too i've found that it means like something that needs to end mm -hmm. and that it's going to be a good thing when it ends it's, yeah, it's it might, a relief it for a, a while relief. but you know in the end this is this is good yeah you know so yeah so yes so many that's why we need so many decks Lou that's why we no. need so many decks I know I know well, we need to wrap this up because we are a solid hour and, holy crow <laughs> and I try I was used to be trying to keep it at 30 minutes but I have found that to be completely impossible so I've thrown that try out of the window but I at least have to stay with an hour <laughs> well can I just say I've been really loving the podcast and you know I have to give you a big shout out for kind of really um, creating and enlivening this tarot community like with the Facebook group that you had created and then the live chats that you do and we can talk to each other which is amazing and then I feel like when I listen to these podcasts I'm getting to know everybody on a little bit of a different level like getting to know a little more about them and that's really been inspiring so I want to just want to say thank oh, you so thank so much you. for doing this it's, and for having me I'm honored no I'm so glad that you were able to come on because I have to I'm, I'm trying to do it every Monday it doesn't always work out that way and I try not to bind myself too bad because you know how that is if yeah. we say we're going to have a video every this this and this and then it gets very stressful and it takes <laughs> yeah. all the fun out of it <laughs> yeah and you know and life happens right it like does. sometimes you can't always do things on the schedule but it is nice that I need to build up a little bit of a backlog. But I get excited when I have a video to make or if I, you know, have a podcast like this. I don't really like to to hold it. I'm bad about that. I'm not a good at scheduling videos because I just I oh it's done. I want to throw it up there. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I do things, which is bad. Because if I'd space them out a little bit, I'd be better. <laughs> But you know what? Sometimes everyone works differently. Some yeah. people are very regimented and other people it's like they do a bunch and then they take a break and then yeah. they do a bunch. It's whatever works. Yep. You just kind of got to roll with your personality because we can only do ourselves, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for getting on. And um, people, I will definitely have how you can find her. Now, do you still have a, a current blog that you're writing? Yeah, it's all the same name. It's uh, wildintuitiveteachercreativehealer.blogspot.com. Okay, great. So I will make sure to put those in the information. So make sure you find her, uh, both her 
YouTube channel and her blog. I'm going to actually take a look at your blog. I have not seen your blog because I found her originally. I found you on YouTube. So that's kind of just how I know you. <laughs> but uh, I will take a look at your blog as well. And so thank you so much for getting oh, on. And you. I will I'm sure be talking to you again, certainly on Saturday. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. All righty. You have a great night. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.